Hello everyone and welcome to TND&D, the best D&D podcast and this is the only one that you ever need to listen to. I am joined today by Laura again. Hello, I'm back again. Yeah, this is going to be a recurring thing. She wasn't just here once. <gasps> no, I'm back multiple times. Today, we have a very wonderful topic that I think will probably apply to both players and dungeon masters because players can get magic items. That's right, it's magic item speak. We're talking about how to use them, how to do them, how to put them into your game, and what to do with them. Uh, so, Laura, you've had a few experiences with some fun magic items. Yes, I have. I think the most notable one being Black Razor, um, with my Barbarian Locket. Yeah. Uh, that was a bit of a chaotic uh, magic item, but uh, yeah, I've had a couple of, like, other ones as well. I had some, what was it, plus plus three, was it? Plus Leather three. armor? Yeah. Yeah, for my uh, druid, which made her uh, AC go up super high. Uh, 21, I think it was. Bit OP. Um, yeah, and then recently, for my monk, uh, we'd stolen some boots of elven kind, so I was uh, able to get advantage on stealth. But then... Um, Mr. Jarlaxle took them back off me again. So yeah, with good that was reason. fun. Yes, yeah. But <laughs> still, not happy about my amazing boots being taken off me. Eh, you might get them back if you go kill that guy again or something. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so I, I tend to be on the more sparing side in terms of magic items. Uh, when I normally run a game, even if it's high magic, high fantasy, I generally only really give them to players if I'm like right there's a level coming up in like maybe four or five sessions and they haven't had anything cool happen for three of them let's just put this here so and there's so many different ways that you can give players magic items which I suppose should be the first topic um so how did you get all of these magic items Laura um so the studded leather uh I think we killed someone and we took it if I remember rightly. Correct. Um, I think Black Razor, I just found it because I'd always got it, right? That was a backstory thing that we'd kind of established. Yeah. And then, uh, like I briefly mentioned, we uh, uh, sort of t- uh, stole the boots of Elvenkind from um, from a drow guy. Yeah. So, Yeah. Uh, and you can find them in all sorts of ways. It doesn't always have to be just in the dragon's uh, treasure hoard, if you will. It can be everywhere. Normally, weirdly enough, the people who have the magic items are going to be using them. So if you have a bad guy who has an item that if the players kill him, they're going to get it, you should flex that. You should show him off. Just so that, you know, we get a little bit of a better idea of, you know, how it works. So, for instance, there was a fight where they were fighting uh, in my campaign. uh, A bunch of demons and one of them had some boots that when he clicked them, he became the most speedy boy in the universe. So everyone started heavily focusing that guy and they got boots of speed out of it. (laughs) So it's nice to put them on your bad guys because then... Also, it's very terrifying when you say, like, okay, that's a 33 to hit, because that guy has a plus three great axe or whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that 
that will just strike fear yeah. into all of your players. But Speaking from experience. And like, yeah, I've actually done that to a party of level fours, which you're in, because mm -hmm. a bad guy that they had fought who... May I, may I just say, the balancing in Dragon Heist for the bad guys is whack. <laughs> um, if you're watching the Water Deep Dragon Heist series on my channel, where I talk about it, uh, on our channel, I apologize, but I speak, so it's mine. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I basically mostly talk about like how you can do it. When I get around to talking about the bad guys, I'm going to heavily recommend that you don't properly just try and kill the players with them, because they're lethal. <laughs> um, but uh, what's what's been your favourite magic item, Laura? My favourite magic item? Uh, it, I had a love-hate relationship with Black Razor, so it would probably be Black Razor. Yeah. Um, mainly because uh, it would give me such good things, but then it would also bugger me over like um the main bad guy Drykles, was he was a lich mm. and um which made him undead if i'm right correct and black razor um if you hit undead uh takes your hit points off rather than their hit points mm. so i couldn't even use it against the the bbeg so i was a bit buggered there but with everything else to a moderation um, it was amazing and I could get all these temporary hit points which made the whole party sort of feel like I was a badass even though I really wasn't um, <laughs> but yeah um, it made the uh, barbarian even go a bit like sort of like whoa you've got loads of you know temporary hit points yeah and since you and were stuff. a berserker one and that the weapon could cast haste on you uh, mm. you're running around with four attacks around probably killing one person around, meaning you're getting a buttload of temporary hit points. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, for reference, Black Razor is a legendary greatsword that when you kill a target with it, you get all of their max hit points as temporary hit points. And while you have those, you get advantage on literally every check, attack, and saving throw you make for the next day, which is bloody crazy. But um, mm. there's a con. It's a sentient, chaotic, neutral weapon who wants to kill everything. So that created a lot of weird scenarios. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, I really like sentient magic items, because they're a really mm. weird way of making characters defy their principles. Uh, in that game that we were playing where you had Black Razor, uh, the Dwarven Barbarian got Whelm, which is another legendary sentient magic item. It's a warhammer that only dwarves can attune to. And it's much friendlier, it's uh, enthusiastic, but really wants to kill goblins and giants. And yeah. they happened to walk into a place called Goblin Town. That was very interesting. Yeah, that was, that was sort of chaotic. Yeah. Um, I think your character and his kind of went off and <laughs> on a bit of a s secret killing spree. Yeah, yeah, we did. That was very interesting. Mainly because I needed to kill because Black Razor would kill me if I didn't kill within a certain amount of days. Yeah. Um, and he needed to kill, you know, goblins. So 
It was sort of like a, hey, let's both just go off and do this completely unsuspicious thing in this town. Why not? Okay, bye, guys. <laughs> it was very unsubtle. But, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, sentient magic items are always fun to throw at your players. And I've even had dynamic NPCs and strange suspicions form. There was an artificer character, uh, was an NPC in my game, who tagged along the party for like a session and was secretly evil. Um, and had with him Wave, which is the third in the holy trinity of sentient magic items, uh, or at least of those three. And it was really interesting because he'd kind of got a bit of a. He liked the weapon a bit too much. Uh, yeah, it was borderline obsessive. Yep, slept with it uh, and all sorts and was very protective over it and was very defensive about it in general. And yeah, mm-hmm. it created a really interesting scenario where for about half an hour the game turned into uh, this guy's cheating on his fiance <laughs> with <laughs> yeah. a weapon. Let's let's find out. Let's save this fiance. And then n- nothing ever came of it because that was a ruse. Mm. <laughs> that was just a distraction from the fact that he was going to stab you all. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's very dynamic to slap a sentient magic item in. I have plans for uh, for Dragon Heist. Don't you worry. Oh, lovely. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean. One of our players based a character around looking for an old sentient magic item from the previous campaign, like... Oh, come on. yeah, true. That they might show up again. <laughs> <laughs> so, that would be fun. Um, something else that I wanted to discuss, which Laura does not know anything about, so I'm going to ed- be educating her Ooh. completely on this, is that there is one item rank above legendary for magic items, which is an there artifact. Is? Yeah. They are basically like they they have an entire paragraph about how to destroy them. They're right. very complex and like legendary things that I haven't thrown into a game yet. Uh, I think I actually put it in the homebrew campaign we were playing up to level fifteen, but you guys never found it. It was um, oh okay. It was sat in an astral dreadnought's mouth. Oh. That you just appeased and continued on instead of killing it which you could have done, but it might have murdered one of you guys. Um, mm. But basically, they are... And in case you haven't noticed, this this podcast somewhat assumes that you have basic knowledge of D&D mechanics. This is, this is more educating you in a more specific sense, if you will. Uh, artifacts are very fun to throw in, and they create a very interesting like roleplay mechanic just beyond being perhaps a sentient weapon it can be so there's one that is the hand of vecna which is a very very evil bad lich man who almost ascended Mm. to godhood uh watch critical role you'll know how and why um (laughs) and it basically if you chop your own hand off slap the hand of vecna on uh, you get a buttload of magic powers. You basically become Jeez. a like twelfth level spellcaster just for attuning to it. Whoa. Like, yeah, and you can cast some crazy ass spells from it, and you get extra abilities and uh, 
the the con is that you instantly become lawful evil i think ah and you I get see. some really corrupt motives artifacts are not sentient they will change you as a person like it's mm -hmm. that immense and that's certainly something Jeez. fun to throw at a party who is maybe 16th level and are all very secure with each other and know none of them are going to detriment each other in any way but then you just tempt them with this hand and then they're like ooh and then suddenly they start getting a bit cranky and then oh oops one of the party members have just been killed uh oh and then it goes from there it's it's nice to throw a wrench in the in the, the tight workings of a party I found sometimes makes yeah. for a lot more of an enjoyable experience if you ask me um, and then there's also stuff like uh, there's there's two books, there's like a good book and a bad book, book of vile darkness and something else uh, mm. which basically there's there's the good one where if you're attuned to it you can cast cleric and paladin spells always at a level higher than they would be and like you can uh you get a buttload of new spells to cast and you you're basically the best cleric slash paladin to ever live but there's guidelines if you don't do good like one act of good every week or something then you just lose all the powers i think oh right so it's a fun little dynamic to throw in there but some, sometimes it's a bit of a pain like guys it's been six days i haven't saved a puppy <laughs> i gotta go we gotta we gotta go um sometimes i find that it's great to throw things at the party that kind of force them to do the, the story and the adventures because mm -hmm. uh so for example dragon heist very lovely non-linear campaign in essence where you can pretty much do whatever mm. that can sometimes get to a point where the party is completely uninterested in the plot. Uh, I ran the campaign once, and about five sessions in, after three sessions of downtime, the party was not engaging in any factions. Uh, whenever they came to them, they'd just say no. And they were just basically running around Waterdeep doing whatever. And I'm like, do you guys actually want to like do the main quest? And everyone was just like, I don't know, I don't have a reason to. So give them an ancient holy book. Then they will. <laughs> but not until maybe 15th level, because that's scary. Uh, yeah. So there is a balance to magic items, which the DMG will basically assist you on. Uh, in the Waterdeep game that we're currently doing, Laura, I haven't given anyone mm. above an uncommon magic item, because yeah. that's all that you guys really should be getting at that level, which is four mm -hmm. right now. But... There, there's like a guideline to it because if you give one of your party members a let's say flame tongue longsword because you really fucking like that one I don't know why <laughs> the, the, the sword that goes on fire oh yeah I quite <laughs> like that yeah it's pretty cool it, it's gonna break your game straight up like if I give that to your character patch right now he would <laughs> be invincible you could deal yes. an average of 20 damage by just hitting a thing with your short sword. Like, it's crazy. I would be a badass. Yeah, but at the at the price of now I'm making all the encounters a bit harder and you're doing <laughs> great and the rest of the party is suffering horribly. Yeah. 
there's definitely a balance to it. And sometimes there's an element of trust that you need to have with your party members to not hoard items per se, if, if you will. Um, because maybe like level seven or eight, one party member has four magic items and all the others maybe have one. That's kind of a dick move, not gonna lie. Yeah. Uh, share, share the love, share, share the love. Uh, it can also Especially work. if it works better for certain people than it does just one guy yeah. or girl or person. <laughs> um, here's an example. In the Curse of Strahd game that I'm running that only has two sessions left because they're about to confront Strahd, sad times, um, the party has collected all of the most powerful magic items that they needed to look for and have picked up a bunch more on the way. We have a cleric in the party who it would have made a million kajillion licks of sense for them to have all of the magic items because they are a sun cleric of, uh, I think, Gwyn. They put Gwyn from Dark Souls in there. Um, and, like, they, it would have made sense for them to be holding the sun sword and, in the other hand, a holy symbol that could paralyze a vampire. But... It just wasn't fair, because the fighter in the party was just walking around with a plus two greatsword, and that was like, oh, and plus two plate, but didn't have any cool magic items that, like, did something, other than just made him slightly better at his job. Mm. Uh, so he has the sun sword instead. Uh, and it is also just better, because now he can also deal consistent radiant damage to the vampire. So, mm -hmm. that works. Uh, so spread the love. Sometimes, characters really won't need that many. For instance, your artificer in the party uh, could be perfectly content not having a single magic item as they go along, because they've made their own. Mm -hmm. uh, we have... Our, our artificer gunslinger in that Curse of Strahd game has never got a magic item in the game, and they are perfectly happy with that because they've made their own and they have a gun and they're fine. <laughs> they don't care. Uh, but yeah, sometimes it's best to address a lot of these like little issues outside of the game. Like if, if so in that homebrew campaign, uh, James was playing Scrout for a while, who was uh, a great yes. character, Scrout. we all loved him, but he had about seven magic items and everyone else had maybe two or three. Uh, yeah, that wasn't a massive problem because it was in the character. No one particularly cared. But if everyone just kept letting that happen, like that would have been super lame. Because mm. <laughs> some of them weren't even properly like usable by him because he was attuned to too many. Uh, and so then I killed him. That's the solution. Uh, you kill <laughs> all of your party characters if they're getting on your nerves. That's what you do. No, that was just a very bad Beholder incident, which I might talk about soon. Yeah. Because that's, that's a massive-ass story in and of itself. Mm. Uh, what else can we cover? Um, I suppose the... I, we've mentioned just having, like, plus two, plus three equipment. Uh, you guys all know what that is, but how broken is it? Because... <laughs> It's really hard to weigh the balance of that when it just gives you like a base stat increase in comparison to new abilities and stuff. Um, mm. So for instance, because your druid character 
had plus three studded leather, their AC yeah. was now 15 plus their dexterity plus their shield. Which yeah. took your AC to 21 at level nine. Which yeah. can greatly fuck me up. Uh, <laughs> in D&D, let's, let's say your party member has a plus one chainmail and a shield uh, and with the defense fighting style they have 20 AC. That's fun. That's great. Let them have all that AC. D&D is built on hitting things more than missing things because it's not fun to miss things. Uh, and it's not fun for the DM when they can't land a single hit. Um, my that character in the uh, Curse Strahd game, who I mentioned has plus two plate, with the defense fighting style and his shield, he has 23 AC at level nine. And mm. that's gonna make it very hard to deal with him. <laughs> uh, and I'm scared of that. And I think also the barbarian will be running around with like 23 because of a new plus two shield that they picked up. Uh, and this is a module. I didn't give them all this shit. I would not have them all that stuff. <laughs> I didn't want to, but it was there in the module. And I decided, well, it's balanced enough. Sure, I'll let them. Um, it's really fun to have the players decked out to shit for the final fight, I found out. Um, mm. Like, in that homebrew campaign where everyone had leveled up and they'd gone and they'd basically bought a bunch of final equipment for a final fight that was just happening and they, they could, they'd like planned it and everything and the villain had sent them like a letter. They, I found them instantly buying and the only real thing that they asked about was can I have like plus one armor, plus one shield, plus one weapon, stuff like that. Because mm. uh, it, frankly, I think, and I, 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 I thought this, everyone thought this when they first started playing D&D. When they first started playing, a bag of holding did not look as appealing as a flame tongue longsword in comparison. You wanted to play D&D and you wanted the cool weapons and armor and you wanted to be a badass that kills everything. But then when you play after a while you realize that oh, the bag of holding is the most powerful item in D&D. <laughs> uh so yeah, there's there's a lot of there's there's a lot of um Plus, plus armor, weapons, shields going around, especially in modules, I find. They just throw those out willy-nilly. Mm. I don't know. It's, it's an interesting choice. I, I haven't done much of that, I don't think. I think the only reason you guys had a bunch of, like, plus three stuff was because you just looted the super overpowered geared mo uh, rogue who had a bunch of plus yeah. three daggers and that plus three studded leather. So that's the only real reason yeah. you got them. She was supposed to escape, by the way. I'm pissed. <laughs> Screw you. Ruining all my plans. Um, but... That's something we can talk about. Yeah. Maybe how all my players keep ruining my plans. No, it's perfectly fine <laughs> for that to happen, and we'll talk about that in a later episode. Uh, and how I completely ruined one of your bad guys. Which one was this? Um... Oh, what was his name? The um, tiefling, which we made into a farmer. Ah, yes, that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That was that was fun. That was very interesting. Uh, Cole, that was his name. Cole, yeah. Did you forget Cole's name? Yeah, I did. How dare you? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think 
that's about everything that's jogging around in this little head. Um, here's, here's a few other things. Really interesting magic items that I wanted, I, I've used and I recommend that you try. Um, any of those three sentient weapons that we mentioned earlier, they are powerful and fun and very cool and are basically a character in and of themselves. Uh, it was fun mm. to watch Laura's character occasionally every few sessions have to go and kill a bunch of people. Yeah. Um, I think it's quite a good way of like role-playing as well, because if, if your uh, characters act in a bit suspicious and everyone else notices, they can sort of pick up on that and call you out a bit. Oh yeah, it, it creates... Inner party conflict is not something I want to happen, but when it does, it's sometimes pretty cool, as long as the players can handle it. Which, mm. you guys can. It's fine. Because we, we just kind of joke around a lot. So yeah. It's fun. Um, uh, another, another cool one that I had used, which is completely, completely stupid, unnecessary, and does not do anything good, it was this tiny little thing that I gave to one of my players' Kenku Warlock, which was uh, Hewitt's Handy Spice Pouch, which is just <laughs> a pouch that has infinite spice in it, basically. And it's, it's useless, but it's funny. <laughs> um, like in combat, that Kenku took out a bit of cinnamon and just chucked it in a bad guy's eyes and blinded <laughs> them for a round. It, it's. I, I really like giving players items that they can be creative with. I've given them immovable rods, which you just click a button and it cannot be moved unless it's like mm. Tiamat or the Tarasque or something. Uh, and it requires them to roll a natural 20 on a strength check. Like, that thing is stuck there. Um, and what else? There was, there was one other really interesting one. Uh... I think it's it's an exclusive thing to uh, Dragon Heist and could barely be considered a magic item, but it's a paper bird where it's basically a sheet of parchment and you write up to 50 words on it and then you like fold it up and throw it and it becomes a paper bird and just kind of flies off like magically and to the person you want to send it to. Mm. It's pretty useful and also very cool to just say, yeah, I'll send you a paper bird, it's alright. Uh, yeah. And we've had uh, our bard, who used to be in the Harpers, uh, got kicked out for certain reasons. <laughs> um, but it was it was fun for them to occasionally send out flying notes to people. Uh, mm. Pick magic items that are fun to give to your players, and when you have the fun magic item, think of creative ways to use them. Because often, more than not, when you suggest a very creative solution to a problem involving a magic item that the DM did not plan for or expect, we are very happy about that. We're so glad that you found out a way to use this arbitrary little stupid magic item that we gave you for fun to actually solve a big problem. Mm. Uh, it's super fun to be able to do that. Uh, but yeah, magic items are cool. Get them all. Oh yeah, definitely. Except the deck of many things. Avoid that like it's the plague. Don't, don't get it. Critical Role did it right because they're Critical Role. Don't think you can too. It's, oh, don't use it. Don't put it in your games unless they're level 20. Uh, 
yeah, don't do that. <laughs> um, but we're, we're about to hit the 30 minute mark, which I think should probably be around the average for this series, maybe. Because mm -hmm. even though I can talk for a very long time about the m biggest bullshit in the world, there's even a limit to that. Uh, <laughs> so thank you everyone for listening to T&D and D. Uh, and um, if you've got any suggestions for other video topics, leave them down in the comments. Because yeah. we'll always uh, need more things to talk about. So if, if anyone's got any good suggestions, we'll pick them out and we'll talk about them. We have a small list uh, that we, 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 we refer to whenever we're about to do these. But like, that's just our ideas. If we make stuff that you guys want to see instead, then hell yeah, it's even better. Because... Mm -hmm. Definitely. I mean, just put down any topic related to a role-playing game. I will talk about it. Don't worry. <laughs> I play these a lot. I have one in about an hour and a half. Um, so, Laura. Yes? What have you learned? Uh, there's a um, thingy for magic items even higher than, well, than I thought there was. And uh, you put one in our game, but none of us knew about it. Yeah. That it? <laughs> yep. That's the only thing you've learned? Um, that's the only thing I can remember off the top of my head. Wow. We'll get somewhere. We'll get somewhere with you, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You guys, um... You guys should feel pretty good about yourself. Like, I've, I've mentioned some pretty key points here, and Laura only remembered the one that sounded cool. So... <laughs> yeah, my memory is just bad. Oh well. well. We'll see if you can try and listen better next time. Okay. Okay, fine. But yeah, thank you everyone for listening. We'll uh, see you in the next episode of this very cool podcast that we do. Bye-bye. Uh, Bye-bye.